the soil here, um, you actually see how it's cracking. And that's actually an indication of higher clay content. Um, so we're still studying more about how particle sizes are sorted down the hill slope. But we certainly know that there's going to be more clay uh, towards the base of the slope than the top of the slope. Dr. Bradley Miller oversees the Geospatial Laboratory for Soil Informatics at Iowa State University. Today he's on Iowa State Research Farmland just outside of Ames, Iowa, to show how topsoil migrates down even gentle slopes. In his research, he wants to know how soil particles move, a question of major importance as the world loses topsoil. The UN's Food and Agricultural Organization says due to conventional farming techniques, the earth could lose its topsoil by 2080. Miller uses a soil sampler probe, which he pounds into the ground to pull out a core sample of soil layers. A couple things you can notice, it's much more black than it was at the top of the hill, but also it's staying black as, I, as I'm going deeper. And actually you can see a little bit about this whole structure here. So these little crumbs here, we call them peds. And with organic matter, basically that's partly what makes a good soil structure here. So the more organic matter you have and the more granular structure you have, that's better for holding the right amount of moisture. And so that's an interesting question as we think about having the organic matter in the right place. So when we talk about carbon sequestration and carbon credits, it actually works pretty well for storing carbon to have it buried down here. Because the you know, deeper it is, more locked in the soil is. But the problem is that all that area upslope, if it doesn't have good organic matter, that's going to affect how well the crop grows. The idea of topsoil loss is not new. At the local level, farmers have witnessed it happening on their land for ages. So locally, if I have a single field that covers a hill slope, I'm going to be thinking about, okay, how do my management practices affect the distribution of the quality soil in my field? But at the same time, because these things are interacting at the large regional scale, both how it interacts with climate, um, how we have certain incentives from government to implement certain management practices, so you think about feeding a lot of people, we do kind of need the bigger picture as far as, you know, well, how full is the gas tank for what we can get from the landscape and thinking about how do we keep it at a level that helps that bigger picture get the amount of food that we need. Getting the bigger picture is what Miller's research is all about. It's one thing to get a core sample at the top of a slope, walk down the slope and get another core sample, and determine how much soil has moved down the hill between those specific points. But what's happening with soil movement on another part of the slope, over the span of an acre, or a county, or an entire agricultural region? That would require massive numbers of survey points. The question is how to get millions of these, not just once, but many times over time to understand how soil is eroding over large areas of farmland. Miller says at the heart of this is a geomorphology question. What we really become interested in geomorphology is how does the shape of the earth change over time? By understanding the geomorphologic processes, we're able to develop models where we can start asking questions about how is the soil landscape going to change in the future. Geomorphology encompasses the study of the shape of the earth from sand dunes to mountains 
to the land used by agriculture. We have several different angles by which we've come at the erosion of the landscape and how the landscape evolves. Whether it be models that really look at how the shape of the land changes, or from the soil side, looking at rates of erosion far as the volume of soil that is getting moved and eventually delivered to waterways. The challenge, though, is that we haven't had the opportunity to really have observed data that check those models on the long term. LIDAR technology gives us the opportunity, because Iowa will be one of the first states to have wide area coverage of LIDAR repeated over across 11 years. That gives us opportunity to check those models and then try to improve those models so that we can actually have confidence in predicting a real future. LIDAR stands for Laser Imaging, Detection, and Ranging. By measuring the return of laser light, the technology can create 3D maps of the Earth from above, usually from airplanes. It's a critical tool for scientists studying geology, earthquakes, forestry, and many other disciplines, and car makers use it in navigation systems in autonomous vehicles to detect and avoid objects. But in Miller's research, he's using LIDAR data to determine the micro-changes in altitude of the rolling hills in Iowa carpeted with corn and soybeans. It tells him how much topsoil is being lost as it moves downhill on a long march to the Gulf of Mexico. When we see the difference in elevation from 2009 to 2020, we can say, okay, we observe this amount of elevation change. And then the question is, can our models, starting with 2009 as the baseline, will they accurately predict what happened in that 11-year span? If Miller's research can show the model's work, it could have enormous implications for understanding how to preserve the topsoil the world needs to grow food. What was once humanly impossible to measure, in this case, massive numbers of survey points on 30 million acres of Iowa farmland, is now doable. So you cover a large area with that, that's a large amount of information. And then that gets multiplied by the time steps that we're looking at. Just the validation data being 2009 and 2020 for the project we're doing here in Iowa, that's basically the state of Iowa double over. But as our models make predictions about the different landscape changes over time, each of those time steps is another representation of the whole area of Iowa with that amount of detail. So the amount of data gets multiplied by all that. With the technology cocktail of LIDAR, cloud, and AI, Miller and his team are able to see soil properties on a scale never seen before. LIDAR can see the surface changes of soil loss, but it can't see below, to the layers exposed as we witnessed earlier by pounding in a soil sampler to pull out a core. But that's where AI can help out. We see relationships with some of the things that are on the surface with what happens below. And finding those patterns is really where the machine learning comes into play. And then we're going to process models to basically predict what's going to happen over time. Professor Miller emphasizes that this work is still ongoing. But the addition of sensing and information technology tools to scientists puts them much closer to understanding the dynamics of topsoil from farm fields of Iowa to the rest of the world. In science, we frequently have this idea that you hold a candle up in a dark room, you can see the light around that, and that's the world you see. But as you increase the brightness of that candle, the world gets bigger. And it's kind of a similar story for a lot of things that we're exploring, whether it be black holes or the human brain or even soil. As we're getting new tools, we have new ways of looking at it and digging, pun intended, deeper into it as far as understanding what's happening. The one extra piece maybe for soil is that 
as you look across the landscape, the soil is different all over the place. There are similar processes happening, but their interactions are happening in different ways. Now I'm going to show you the difference between the soil on top of this hill to the bottom of the hill. But when we go to other hills, there's going to be things that are similar, but also different. Understanding all of that spatial variability is part of the challenge in fully understanding soil. Bradley Miller is a soil scientist and head of the Geospatial Lab for Soil Informatics at Iowa State University. This is the Tech Barometer podcast produced by The Forecast. I'm Jason Lopez. If you like this story, you might want to check out our other forecast stories on technology and science at theforecast by Nutanix.com. Thank you.